If you have your Bibles for a few moments tonight, I I have wrestled more today with what I would say tonight than I have in a long time, and I finally just got on on the floor and and talked to the Lord a little bit more. But I feel compelled tonight to go back and uh, just preach what I feel like the Lord has laid on my heart. One verse, Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6 and verse number 9. I think all of you probably are familiar with it. If not, you've heard it at least somewhere in your lifetime. And it reads like this. Verse number 9 of chapter 6 of Galatians. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Let us not be weary in well-doing. I like how the New Living Translation puts it. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. Let's not get tired of doing what is right. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Amen. Everybody said in Jesus' name, God bless you. You may be seated. I think tonight that this verse of Scripture is more relevant in the hour in which we live than ever before for many reasons. One, because this is probably one of the busiest times, busiest uh, worlds that have ever been. We have more going on and there are more things happening and yet there is a greater sense of frustration because we do not always see what we want to see out of our labors. Our great want in life, I believe, is always going to be staying power, not starting power. Starting out living for God is one thing, and that's a great thing, but staying power is just as vital as starting power. It doesn't matter how well you start. If you don't finish, it doesn't make any difference how well you started. Everybody say we've got to finish. And in order to finish, we've got to stay. And there are many things that go into living for God. Perhaps the greatest thing is dealing with our own feelings and our own frustrations and our own weariness. And I don't know anybody in this building, good people, uh, bad people, all people, are going to struggle at some time in your life in this particular area, growing weary in well-doing. When you're trying the, the best you know how to try, when you're doing everything you know to do right, and yet there seems to be no apparent success, or you don't seem to be making any grounds, or you're not accomplishing anything, 
I think the pathway of duty is often found to be the pathway of difficulty and discouragement. And we are often beset in life by things that try to stop us and turn us from our purpose. The weary mood is not very far from any of us at any time in life. And it was against this weariness that Paul warns us that there was a reality. There was not just something to the Galatian church, but he mentioned it again in the book of Second Thessalonians. And he said the very same thing, that we should not grow weary or we should not be weary in well-doing. We should not get tired of doing right. Amen. Not get tired of doing right. Because sometimes we tend to lose sight of, of, of the whole picture of life. And, and we lose uh, sight of what all we're involved in. And because we don't see immediate results, sometimes we get frustrated and we want to give up. And against that, Paul said we must not give up. When he talks about well-doing, what, what was he talking about well-doing? He was talking about when you are living to the best of your ability and you're doing everything that you know to do. You are keeping on when everything in you is telling you to give up. It is talking about living by faith rather than living by your feelings. It is talking about living by grace when everything around you is a lie and the lies sit upon the throne of life and when hate is the master movement of the time, he said you've got to keep going. You've got to keep walking. You've got to keep living. You've got to keep trying You've got to keep giving it your best. Never get tired of doing what is right. Somebody said, well, why should I do right when it seems that wrong is prospering and wrong is being blessed? Why should I do right when men that are doing wrong advance and we seem to go nowhere? We are to do right because it is right to do right. And there is a season that's coming, amen, that we must not forget. When I was thinking about this today, I, I had to ask myself, why, why do we grow weary? Why do we get tired of living by faith? I think one reason perhaps that affects all of us in life is that we don't see any success at what we're doing that we have poured ourselves into doing right or we have poured ourselves into a, a, to changing our, our, our family or our home or our life or ourself. And yet when we look at the picture as it is now, there seems to be no success whatsoever in what we've been trying to accomplish. And I thought about a young man that is in one of the churches in the Houston area that I became acquainted with a few years ago. And he is, 
He's an incredibly talented man, but there was a time in his life when he felt the call of God to go start a church in a particular town in Louisiana. And so he took his family and um, they moved over to Louisiana and they sunk their roots down in that community and he began to knock doors and he began to witness to people and invite them to come to church. But after having been there, I think for about five years, he didn't have one person, not one person, that he had been able to reach with the gospel. And he, he was so certain that God had called him there. He was so sure that it was the Lord that had directed him there. And, and as you can imagine, after that long a period of time, and you've, you've, you've prayed, you've fasted, you've knocked doors. I think if I remember correctly, he had knocked on every door in the community. He had invited everybody that breathed or lived or moved. He had invited them to come, but nobody had come. And then finally, he got to the point where he was just so discouraged and disgusted. He was so angry at God because God had let him down that he decided that he was just going to resign and leave. Resign. What are you going to resign when you don't have anybody to start with? But he made up his mind he was leaving. And he said, the very night that I made up my mind, I wasn't doing this anymore. I I must have misunderstood God. He said, I got a call from an alcoholic in town that I had been witnessing to. And he wanted me to give him a Bible study. And he thought to himself, now, you know what? This is just a trick of the enemy to keep me here when I've already made up my mind to leave. But the guy was persistent, and he kind of sounded a little drunk, and that irritated the young preacher even more because, you know what, I I poured myself into trying to reach people, and nobody's responded, and now that I've made up my mind to leave, this guy decides he wants to know something about God. And so he said he gave him a Bible study, even though he did it reluctantly. And he didn't do it in the right spirit and attitude. He said, I have to admit to you that I don't even know how it all came about. But he said, I I taught the Bible study. And when it was all done, the guy said, I want to be baptized. And so he baptized him. And then he packed his bags and he moved out of town. In the process of time, he backslid this preacher. He got bitter at God because of all the things that had gone on and he got far, far away from God. And one day out of the clear blue, this guy on Facebook connected with him. And at first he didn't realize who it was until the man began to explain to him who he was. I'm the man that you baptized in that city in Louisiana. And I just wanted you to know that I'm living for God now. My wife is living for God. My whole family is living for God. And uh, so on. And so the guy was, you know, he was kind of cheered and encouraged a little bit. But he said it really didn't register with him until months went by and he didn't hear from his friend and Finally, out of curiosity, he inquired and found out that the man had died. 
and they were going to have his funeral. And so he made arrangements to fly to Louisiana to where this man lived and the pastor of the church where he attended. When it got time for the funeral, he said, you know, I've never done a funeral like this. But he said, there are some men's lives that are the greatest testimony and you can improve on their life. And so what I have decided to do is allow the men that this man has reached and allow the families that this man has touched to preach his funeral. And so this backslidden preacher sitting in the back row watched as family after family paraded across that platform for over an hour. Family after family come by and said, if it had not been for this man, my family and I would not be in church. He taught us a Bible study. He won us to God. And sitting there on that pew, he realized that he had misunderstood what success was. That one soul is all it takes. If that soul is a moody or if it's someone like that man who in turn would reach hundreds and hundreds of people in his lifetime... You see, we get weary because in our life, everything is ruled by success. And we've got to have some evidence that we're doing well. But in, the, in, in this thing called living for God, the, the, the visible evidence is not always present. But this thing we must know, that when you give something to God, you never lose. You don't lose what you gave to him. You're going to gain more than you gave. Jesus said this. He said, give. And what will happen? And it shall be given. How? What you gave? Does God just hold what you gave to him and then give you that back? No, God's word said that if you will just give, you may not see the results of it for a lifetime, but if you will give, God will take what you give and he will multiply it and he will give that to you, pressed down, shaken together and running over. So I have come tonight to tell somebody Don't get tired of living by faith because you don't see the success that you want to see in your life. Just keep sowing the seed. Just keep sowing the seed because the harvest is coming. I think we grow weary because not only for the lack of what we call success, but I believe we get weary because of the inadequate results of our sowing. And by that I mean sometimes the harvest or, or, or when we sow something, what comes out of that is not what we thought it was going to be. It's something altogether different. One soul is all that you reached in a Sunday school class. But that one soul could be accountable as this man was to a hundred. We cannot be so consumed by results that if we only have ten that show up, 
or if we only have five that show up, feel like we were a failure and get weary in well-doing. One of the things that I had to learn a long time ago is that you preach to a house full if you only have three in the house. I don't preach to you because of the number sitting. There's angels where you're not seeing them tonight. There's a house full of people here that have yet to come through our doors. I'm preaching to them tonight. I'm preaching to the future of this church. I'm preaching to the promises that God has put in our hearts. And so I'm not discouraged by the results. Because God only knows how to interpret results. And what you and I considered to be a failure, God said, was a success. Paul said it like this. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. We don't always get to see things in life the way we want to see them, but don't get tired of living by faith. Don't get tired of doing right just because it doesn't produce the results that you think it ought to produce. Amen. Results are are overblown just like retirement is. At least that's what a preacher told me. Amen. Don't get weary because the results aren't what you think they ought to be. I remember driving a Sunday school bus years. I mean, before I even had license, I drove a Sunday school bus. Is that even legal? I think I told them a story. I think I told them I had my beginner's permit. I'm not sure. I hope the Lord's forgive me for that misdeed. I picked up a family, and all those kids did was sit on the back of the bus and bounce up and down and sing these songs. And I wondered sometimes when I was taking them home from church, what in the world was I doing wasting my time? picking up these snotty-nosed kids when all they could do was back. I mean, they have rap now. I don't know what it was, but they, they had their own little song going on back there. And I thought, man, this is a waste of time until we went to a church reunion just a few years ago and that entire family... All of those kids are grown now, and I think most all of them are in church, and their children are in church. The results are not what we would think, but you know what? They're making a difference in the church now because uh, people did not get weary in well-doing. I think we get weary because of our narrow and inadequate view of life. We forget that there is something of sowing and then there is something of waiting. I was humored. My granddaughter, my wife, helped her plant some seeds the other day. And uh, she was so disappointed when she came home from school the next day. She ran out there and there was nothing but dirt. (laughs) I wish I could remember what she said. I needed to write it down because it would have, 
It was the, it was the perfect human response when things don't happen as quickly as we think it ought to happen. But in God's economy, there is a time element that you're not going to supersede and you're not going to go around it. You might as well get ready and understand that sometimes God works slowly, but He does work. And so we cannot get weary because we have a limited view of life and, and we, we forget that this life of ours is... It, it, it is a time of sowing and then waiting and sowing and then waiting. But if we will be patient, if we will endure, everybody say endure. If we'll just keep on, we shall reap if we faint not. I think sometimes we, this probably is one of the things that gets most people I think we grow weary because there's a lack of appreciation for what we're doing. You know, you just keep doing and you keep doing and you keep doing and nobody pays attention. Nobody sends you a thank you note. Nobody makes anything to do about your labors. Nobody seems to even notice. (laughs) You ever felt that way? Just nobody even knows I'm here. If I were just to disappear right now, nobody would even know it. Nobody would call to check on where I went. And if I was gone for a year, nobody would even, they wouldn't even realize I was gone. I know that sounds humorous to you, but I hear that quite often sometimes from people. They wouldn't even know. What are we saying? We are saying we're weary because nobody's paying attention to what we're doing. That nobody seems to notice that we're trying, that we're doing everything we can to make life better. And so we get weary because there seems to be a lack of appreciation for what we do. I cannot help but think of the Lord himself in all that he did. How many miracles did he do, did he do in his life here on earth? How many healings, how many times did he... Uh, open blind eyes and unstop deaf ears and heal broken bodies. And yet the Bible said there came a time when they went away from him. They left him after he'd done all of that. And it was such a moving moment that Jesus turned to his own disciples and he said, are you going to leave us? Leave me also. The, the point is that some people you can give and give and give and give to and they never seem to understand the value of what you do. But here's what you have to understand. I'm not doing this for them. I'm doing this for him. Amen. That's why the Bible says that whatever you do, do it as unto the Lord. Because if you do it for humanity, somewhere down the line, somebody's going to forget to thank you. Somebody's going to forget to pat you on the back and say, what a great job you did. But if you do it as under the Lord, you know that payday hadn't come yet. But the grandest payday in the world 
is going to be these words. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many. I think we get weary because there's just not a lot of praise that comes into life. I think we get weary because sometimes the only words that do come into our life is criticism. Doesn't it really just swamp your boat when you've tried really hard and you're, you're just looking for a little affirmation? All you're looking for is just somebody to smile and say, good job. And the first words out of their mouth are something that you didn't see or something you did wrong. Can't you just hold on to that for a little while? And look a little closer and find something good to say? (laughs) Can't you at least grease it a little bit so it doesn't hurt so bad? (laughs) Criticism. It happens in our homes. It happens at church. It happens... Everywhere, because we tend to sometimes look harder at others than we do at ourselves. Amen. Amen. We want everybody to be kind toward us, but we're not always that way toward others. You know what? There is something to be said about a man or a woman that knows how to bite their tongue. Just because you think it doesn't mean you have to say it. Amen. And you know what? The difference between a happy home and an unhappy home is just four or five words that are not said every day. Or a job. It's just the fact that in life we tend sometimes to look at it through these jaded eyes of something called perfection. You know, it would do all of us good if when we look at things, we see the good in it first. I love the psalmist, and I really would like to go back and pull that verse out and preach it again. You know, there's some sermons you preach that you wish you hadn't preached them so you could preach them now. But the psalmist said something to this effect, that I have chosen to see the good of God's people. Now, I understand there's more to see than that. There's a lot of bad in people. And there's a lot of bad things that happen in people's lives. But I want to be like the psalmist. I choose to see the good of God's chosen. You know what? It makes you feel better when you do. It makes you happier when you do. And you know what? It makes them feel better. And it encourages them along the way. But I think we grow weary because of the criticism that we often get, and especially it is deflating when you're trying so hard. I believe that we sometimes grow weary because we misunderstand the ways of God, the way God works things out in our life. You know what? I never would have planned life the way it's come for us. I wouldn't have planned it this way at all. I would not have planned the journey that my wife and I have had to take in our life. I wouldn't have planned it that way. 
I wouldn't have planned a lot of the pain that was put in there. I wouldn't have planned a lot uh, of the disruptions that have come. But you know what? When I look back over my life, I realize that the pain and the disruptions have been part of the happiness that we have. Life is not perfect. People are not perfect. And if we're not careful, we get into this mindset of a culture that if it's not perfect, we throw it away. When the reality is there are many things in life that will be imperfect. But you can fellowship imperfection until God brings it to perfection. There's nothing wrong with us being able to say, you know what, we're human We don't make excuses for our failure, but the fact is we are all prone to fail. And my job is not to push them down. My job when they fall is to reach and pick them back up and help them get back on their journey. The Bible says this. He said, you which are spiritual. (laughs) He calls out a special group in the church. You that are spiritual, restore that one which is overtaken in a fall. God, help us to not misunderstand the ways of God. His ways are hidden. And God's ways are sometimes hard to understand. And they are not always made clear to us. But if we will just follow Him, and God sometimes is so slow to work that that, that we get tired in the waiting. But if you will wait, the Bible said, in due season. Everybody say due season. You shall reap. If you faint not. Don't get tired of doing right. Even if you're not appreciated or you're criticized or people overlook it or you you don't seem to get the results that you want, just keep doing right. Keep worshiping God and keep living for God and keep coming to church and being faithful to God, that's the way you win in life. It's not always some grand battle that you go out and you defeat the devil. Sometimes I defeat him by just showing back up and stepping into the house of God and lifting my hands and praising him and worshiping God. Sometimes I win by just keeping on. Amen. Just keep on. Keep it on. Not to be weary in well-doing. Don't get tired of living right. Don't get tired of walking by faith. Because in due season, everybody say it again, due season, you shall reap if you faint not. And I'm going to close with this. One thing that we overlook in all of these things is that we are not alone in what we do. This matter of sowing and reaping, we're we're involved in something mysterious. We have a partner that we don't often even realize. And we are not alone in our labors. We are in league with a mysterious unseen force. A world of spiritual power that we cannot even comprehend. That when you throw that seed in the soil... And the ground covers it over that there is something in that seed called the germ of life. And God causes it to come to life. While it's sitting on the countertop, it does nothing. But there's something 
about its combination with the soil that causes a, a, a breakdown of that shell and that hidden reservoir of life comes out. And it was there because God put it there. And God nurtures that. We don't know how it grows, but we know that it does grow. And this I know that if my granddaughter will be patient, that in a few days there will be something come pushing out of that soil because it's in that seed to do that. We didn't make that happen. God made it happen. And so the point is simply this. If you will just keep doing right, God will reward that right doing. Don't get frustrated. Don't get bitter. Don't get angry. Because it only may be one soul, but that one soul could be worth a thousand souls. Sometimes we misunderstand life and what goes on. But Paul said, don't don't get tired. Don't get weary of living by faith. The songwriter said it so well. We've come this far by faith. Leaning on the Lord. Trusting in His Holy Word. Amen. If we've come this far by faith, can't we go on by faith? If we've come this far and faith has kept us, don't you think faith can keep us through whatever it is that's out there before us? Don't you think that God knows what you and I have been doing? Don't you think he's been keeping up with our efforts? And he said, if you'll just keep on, if you won't give up, if you won't quit, in due season you shall reap if you faint not. Amen. Let's stand together.